It's Star Weeps with Harrison and Molly. I can talk about one of my other animes that I've watched recently that I recommend. Mm, I would love a good anime recommendation. I'm sure our audience would love an anime recommendation too, because they keep up with everything that we're watching. Oh, obviously. Obvious, obviously. Oh, elementary. Sure. Well, welcome to Starweaves, everybody. Welcome. The show where we have everything mapped out way beforehand. We oh, don't. <laughs> we planned so well. Uh, I mean, it's not really news, but I do want to just like quickly geek out again for like the fifth time at least on this show please do about uh the lego star wars game Mm -hmm. there was uh, some new gameplay that was released for the game Mm -hmm. and like every reviewer that i've seen that like had their hands on a copy of it were like this is the best lego star wars game we've ever played oh snap might be some of the best star wars games we've ever played the lightsaber combat apparently is nuts and just like really feels good and accurate like comparable with fallen order even and i'm like how is that why are we getting this in the Lego game? <laughs> like, I'm I'm not gonna complain. I'm like, it, but like Lego. Oh my god, Lego <laughs> games are so good though. Like, they I are. Can't even... But this looks like good for like different reasons too. But yeah. also the same reasons. Well, it's like it's like they were, like there's like a really um, Eddie Burback and his brother did a really good video about Lego Star Wars. Yeah, I, I've I've seen and, that. And yeah. um, they touched a bit at the end about like what like where it's going with the new game coming out and it's basic i mean it's basically just like they took all the good stuff hopefully um and then also saw like where people were getting upset like when like tugging on like tug of war with the edge of the screen and stuff (laughs) like that because like now they have split screens so you can go wherever you want without having to bother your siblings i don't but i haven't seen um well that, that happened like in i don't know if that's the case with this game though um like I they're going to do split it. screen. Well, I don't know if there's going to be like multiplayer right off the bat. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I'm, I'm sure there I has mean, to Lego, be. That's the whole Lego charm of it. Games but... are all about yeah. multiplayer. It's true. So I hope that that's the case. I don't know. I didn't really see that in any of the gameplay things that I saw. But some of the biggest things were like uh, they're adding a feature. Like, like space battles are just getting beefed up. It looks mm-hmm. really cool. All the space stuff. Like you can fly around pretty freely. Uh, you can like unlock capital ships. Uh, like like the Venator, uh, the Death Star, and you can like fly in and out of that at any given moment, and like kind of has a, have that as your base of operations. That's fun. It's so cool. So uh, that's like a cool new little addition. You mm-hmm. can do dog fights and uh, barrel rolls. Pew 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 pew. pew. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just looks really sick, and it looks like I my biggest concern was that a lot of the powers were going to be like really dumb and not fun compared to just like you know. Like, why would you want to mind trick someone when you can just stab them with a lightsaber? Mm-hmm. But it seems like they've actually kind of thought that out, and it looks like the powers actually do oh, have pretty practical uses. That's good, because I knew so, that was one of your, like, That was my, my biggest concern, yeah. yeah. But it seems like they actually are trying to not shoehorn in just random powers, but, like, actually make a thing out of it. It so, makes sense to use it. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Because, yeah, I was, um... I was thinking about like, cause I, <laughs> like a while ago, there like the Harry Potter Lego Harry Potter like all seven years was on sale, so I bought it on my mm-hmm. Switch and I've been playing it, but I'd only ever played. I Star do see Wars. you like whenever I'm playing a Switch game, I'll see like your name pop up in the top left and says you're playing Lego Harry Potter, and I'm just like, good for I don't good actually for Molly. I don't play it all that much. I'm, I've been playing <laughs> Every a now lot. And of, then. I've been playing a lot of Hades really recently, so that's been my thing. Um, but um. Something I'd never realized because I'd only ever played Lego Star Wars on my PS2 when I was a kid. And is that like, instead of just having like the one button be for the force, 
in Star Wars, in Harry Potter, they give you like a wheel of spells to choose from. Ooh, the weapon wheel system. So it's like I have to like get the hang of like choosing it. And like sometimes I'm like, what do you want me to use? And there's just like one just spell that's just called Transfiguration. <laughs> that's also where they put like the invisi- invisibility cloak for Harry or... There's like stuff that incorporates scabbers and crookshanks to do stuff for you. Like there's little tunnels that scabbers can crawl through. But then I'm like, wait, but what happens after year three? Like we don't have scabbers anymore. What are you going to do? Is it just going to be crookshanks? Are you just going to give Ron some generic rat (laughs) who can do his And this is Ratty McRat face. (laughs) Yeah, this is Remy. Anyone can cook. Hey, Ratatouille. (laughs) Hey, forget about it. Linguini. Linguini. Bongiorno. Oh my God. Why is a man who lives in France named Linguini? Explain that to me. Um, but um, it's cool that they're incorporating other powers other than just like lift stuff up with yeah. the force. Yeah. Like, I really think the mind trick thing is going to be pretty cool. Um, it actually looks like there might be a little bit of a difficulty curve. Like, I hope this game is actually. I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring, so now I'm okay. I become a glutton for punishment. <laughs> uh, so I really hope this game has some challenge to it. I think it'd be mm-hmm. really cool to like actually be like, you know, get into a shootout and like have to die a couple of times and retry and like actually think about your tactics and not just mindlessly shoot people because that won't be fun. Like, right. I don't. It's okay to make a kids game, right? Like Mario, yeah, or something like Mario is a kids game. Mario Kart is a kids game, but I want there to be like some kind of level that even the adult audiences can appreciate. So. That's what that's what makes a good game. I, but I also feel it's like e for everyone. more kids are like gamers now, right? So True. like you're able to put stuff in that's harder because like it's not a new console. It's not like a set of things that they're not used to being able to do. Like there's plenty of 3D platformers that they've played before. Yeah. So you're able to make things a little more difficult. Whereas back when the first games were coming out, they were like, we have no idea if you know how to do any of this shit. <laughs> It's true. You Games and I played Spellbreak. You know, we played yeah. Spellbreak together right when it came out. We were good that, for no, one round. No, that game plays with your fucking head. They, they, because <laughs> they put you up against a bunch of like fucking losers in your first game. <laughs> and then you win. Game. I won my first game. And then after that, it was like, oh, she's decent. And it put me against so many people. I had absolutely no chance of beating. <laughs> so like I had that one good game. And then after that, I didn't even crest the top 10. I kept on dying. I like, will say oh my that God. those couple days that we played and we were like actually fun and like. And we were like trying to strategize. We're like, OK, you be the ice guy yeah, and then I'll like, be the fire person. It was actually person. really fun yeah. for a while. I thought the mechanics were like more fun than Fortnite. You know, like, and I like trying was... to like, where are we gonna spawn? What are we gonna do? Yeah, keep a lookout. There's a guy over there. Oh wait, speaking of Fortnite, there is some news about Fortnite. I don't know if you've seen this this Mm-mm. week, but they have uh, a new battle royale mode that has removed building features. Oh, you, where you can't build anymore. So now it's just like kind of a player unknown battlegrounds type battle royale. Interesting. So I don't know if you are into Fortnite, but. As someone who was into it for a while, and then all this Twitch streamers got on it and ruined all the competitiveness, I'm kind of like, yeah, I could, I might be able to like get back into Fortnite. It's like a level playing field where everyone starts again. Because like, I'm like, I can shoot all right, sort of, you know, Mm -hmm. I have all right aim. It was just like the crazy building techniques that really got me where people were like able to just build this fortress in like 10 seconds. And I'm just like, what do I do about this? Like, I can't. Mm -hmm. 
I'm getting shot in the middle of a field from a guy like 500 feet above me. And I just couldn't even see it coming. How did this happen? Yeah, I've never played Fortnite, so I never understood that. I would just like see videos of people. I'm like, why are you making stairs? I think my brother played Fortnite for like a month or whatever. And I would like watch over his shoulder and be like, why are you making stairs? What is that? Because the only game, the only like shooters I've ever played online are like Call of Duty. Yeah. So I was like, well, you need to build stuff. Just hide behind the walls that are already there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, but I'm the same way. That's the way my brain worked too. And I was like, I, so whenever, you know, I would win a game or something and it would put me in a higher skill level, yeah. I would just get steamrolled by these people that were able to do that. And I'm like, this isn't fun. I don't I want to I understand why they do the it, game. but wouldn't it be also interesting to just do it random all the time so that there's like... Like, if you're good, you'll win all the time. But, like, if you're bad, then you'll win and lose, like, an equal amount of time. <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably... No no one agrees with me on that. But, like, I think it'd be just, like, who are we going to get? Are we going to get a lobby where everyone's going to kick my ass immediately? Or are we going to get a one yeah, with a bunch add, of noobs and I get like, to be the experienced Add some person. elements of Mario Kart or, some, or, like, Smash Bros. You know, like, the, like an item system. Like, some kind of thing or just, like, you know, broken items. Or, like, a more refined point system where you're able to, like, tell when you're around other people because that's one of the things that i like about mario kart online is that like you every time you win you gain points every time you or like, or if get even... below eighth eighth place you lose points so yeah. you're like so like right now on mario kart online i have like four thousand points or whatever and you start out with two thousand yeah um, so it's like you could have gotten that really quickly by just getting first a bunch of times or you could like grind that out by getting seventh place yeah but like at the just... same time like there's like I've like seen people with like ninety nine thousand plus. Like it caps out at like ninety nine thousand ninety nine nine hundred ninety nine. That's too much. Mario and I tried Kart. to like think about like how many hours it would have taken because I was like, okay, if you get first place, you get like twenty three points, and then <laughs> times how? Many, oh my god, I like didn't even want to think about it. I was like, you've just been playing online and beating people since day one, I guess. Um, but like normally when you're around a lot, like except for maybe like one person who like knows how to do the shortcuts and is like somehow always just like really far, like so far ahead that if you're in second place, you're getting like a bullet and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> Most of the time when people are close to you in points, like it's a it's a competition. It's also like such a clusterfuck because Mario Kart always is because items humble you real quick. The start is always chaos because everyone starts at like there are no computers who like no one ever like burns out anymore except for yeah. very rarely. So like everyone's in just one mass of things and you can go from second to 11th in like, two seconds. So, it's, so I don't know. But that's also just because like I'm good at Mario Kart. So <laughs> I don't mind playing online as much because I win. That's sometimes. true. <laughs> Not to make it political, but, you know, I think we should look to Mario Kart's item system as to how we should run our uh that are the you know taxes oh in, this, my in this country we need, how, we need how, an economic you are blue to the top shell. bracket oh <laughs> my god needs the blue shell elon musk i would love to <laughs> give me that blue shell government what would that mean oh uh, you hit hit oh no big old tax no and it's just... the same thing it's the same thing as mario kart so like he, they get hit and then the coins are on the f- and then anyone who comes by can just pick it up if they want like, okay we redistribute have, we the have wealth dropped, we have dropped ten thousand dollars <laughs> in a hundred thousand different locations across the u.s from elon Musk's first come first account. serve if you can find it and dig it up you get it <laughs> signed president biden <laughs> oh my god there we go we i just fixed i just fixed capitalism you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> blue America. Shell the rich every now and then oh my god and don't and don't tell him which one it's gonna be every year it's a new one you, dude no you if get it's... jeff bezos one year you get elon musk another bill gates gets one <laughs> if you don't tell them they won't notice 
Probably. You they literally will not notice they, if you're just like know. if you're like we're just gonna randomly take a hundred thousand dollars from Jeff Bezos. He would not notice. Like two days later, it, he'd have the money back. Like yeah, it, like literally. Don't tell them; they won't care. Blue shell the rich. Blue shell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make that into a t-shirt. Oh man. <laughs> Um, but yeah, oh, but anyway, back to Fortnite. Yes. Uh, yeah, they removed building. And I don't know, for me, someone that was into it a while ago, I think I might actually re-download it again, see what it's all about, I see mean, if it's any thank- better than thankfully it's free. the OG mode. Yeah. And they said they're actually going to make it permanent. Oh. Uh, yeah, Epic Games said that it's going to be like a permanent feature. Um, you can still going... choose between the two modes? Yeah, so you can, you can oh, choose between just... them. Okay, cool. Yeah. They also added like an Among Us mode. Like actually, it's called Imposters. And it's just Among Us. Among Us? You have to run around and complete tasks. You don't have weapons. And there's like two imposters and they have to kill people. Epic Games. It's... You're like a year and a half too late. Dude, it's it's <laughs> so brutal. It's not even like... It's the most shameless yeah. like copying and pasting of a mechanic that I've ever seen. But it's... I played it and it's just all like 10-year-olds who are home from school. Isn't that just all of Fortnite? All of Fortnite is I mean, 10 yes. years old. <laughs> But like, but what's fun is Number like you're re- required to not like you're required to like have your mic on for it, so it's like oh, even funnier. Oh my god! So also, go, it's like proximity chat go, among like, us, but with strangers. It is. Oh my it god! Uh, but like every time I get it, I just go. Yeah, uh, I would just have like a really deep voice. Just go. Uh, I think. Uh, I think. I think blue uh, is the murder. Blue and all the kids would go like. Oh my god, I think Blue did it. We need to vote Blue off. And then it gets voted out. They're all like, he's the like, adult. We have to trust him. <laughs> That's basically it. You just have to have some degree of authority in your voice and you win. You can oh convince them to do anything. I could have an army of 10-year-olds fighting for me in Fortnite. Yo. Uh, anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, that's really, I don't really have much other news for okay. Star Wars. I can have There's a, a book coming out that looks pretty cool, kind of going to bridge episode six and seven a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Not in terms of like Ray stuff, more of like what Luke is up to. Um, what's happening, what's hanging, what he's doing. Uh, yeah, uh, basically, yeah, sort of what he's doing. It's more of like making the stupid concepts that they introduced in episode nine sort of appear earlier in the timeline. So it's like, oh, it doesn't come out of nowhere. But I mean, it still comes out of nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. it's annoying. It's like Luke learning about Exegol and the planet and whatever. It looks like a fun book. I might actually read it because maybe it'll make me hate Rise of Skywalker a little bit less. But, mm. you know. I still just like Mark Campbell. This isn't Luke Skywalker. This is like Jack Skywalker. I don't fucking... This is Timmy Tommy Skywalker. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> Character development from the original trilogy? Who is she? Anyway. Hey, man. I've... There's, there's some... You'll see. I rewatched oh. another Star Wars video essay recently talking about the <laughs> sequel trilogy, and I was like, oh man, you made me not like The Last Jedi even more. That stinks. I wanted to like it because girl power, but. <laughs> oh, I, I have said I like the. I loved The Last Jedi for two years. Like when it came out, mm-hmm. and then Rise of Skywalker came out, and then I hated it. <laughs> yeah. Like it was really good for a while because it introduced like really cool concepts and questions. And it like was t- starting to take the series in a direction it hadn't been before, mm-hmm. and a lot of people didn't like that. But but that's what Star Wars has always been. I was excited to see where Episode Nine would go. I had a lot of high hopes for it. I was like, I want to see Rey come into her own, be this new character, not be tied down to the Skywalkers or whatever, or the Kenobi's. Doesn't really matter. And there's only one Kenobi, but Obi Wan Kenobi. 
Well, there had to be others before. We just don't yeah, know, well, we about don't know about them. Tell us about your dad, Obi-Wan. He doesn't know. He got abducted as a kid. Shit, you're right. Actually, he didn't get abducted as a kid. He was, and it was, he was a kid, but he was an older kid. Obi-Wan was also an older, older Padawan, kind of like mm. Anakin. He was an old youngling. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I, I liked episode eight for a while. And then uh, Skywalker came out, took a big old dump over everything Star Wars. Yeah. And can now I don't a, like episode eight anymore. Come on, what, are we, uh, what are our thoughts on redo? How do we feel about just doing episode seven again and actually making a plan for a trilogy? What do we think? <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't go through it again. <laughs> We need not to get strong you, enough. We need I can't to, go. Through, I can't lose you again. Enough. I'm not strong enough. We need to get you up to date on this fucking Star Wars content so that you can start watching these shows live, dude. Because oh my god, yeah. we have some shit to talk well, that, about. Yeah, that's the thing. You can just like, because the TV shows are doing well, or at least the Mandalorian they is. They're, like they're they're being called the Mandoverse, and there is like, so like we can just ignore the sequel trilogy and just focus on what happens between the original trilogy and the sequel well, trilogy. That's what. So that's kind of what people wanted, right? And like a lot of angry fanboys out there were like, "Oh, maybe the shows are starting to make them like not canon, or like they're just going to exist in their own little bubble and not really worry about the sequel trilogy that much." But just gonna say, no spoilers. But some stuff happens. It's it's setting up the sequel trilogy. Oh, I see. They're starting to not like not like super hardcore, but just like there are aspects of the sequel trilogy that are definitely being explored in Mandalorian season two and Book of Boba Fett. Okay. So you'll get there and you'll see what I mean. Gotcha. I'm excited for you to learn. Awesome. All right, end of my Star Wars section of the day. Okay. So how's your One Piece watch through going? I, I've only watched a handful of more episodes recently. I think I'm on like 160. Can I, can I read you a fun thing that I got uh, last night, by the way, real, real quick? Of course. Uh, so our good friend AJ texted me and said, okay, I know you don't care about One Piece really, but please don't tell Molly about my Twitter spam when you do Star Weebs. <laughs> People, me included, are losing their minds and I don't want her to get spoiled on anything happening right now since she's watching <laughs> like through One Piece for the first time. Uh, and so basically something big happened in the last episode. So yeah, don't he, get on Twitter. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even on Twitter. Like I have a Twitter account still, I think, but I don't log on at all. Um, I did. He did Snapchat me about it because like the people who do like the like the people who do the English translations of like when the chapters come out, like we're working on it. And like they were tweeting and being like, holy shit, the newest chapter of One Piece. And everyone was like, holy shit, what's going to happen? Um. And he sent me a really funny series of Snapchats last night. It was really, it was like, he should have posted it on TikTok or something because it was kind of funny. He was like, okay, I'm going to read the chapter. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm scared. And then the next one was just like under his face. And he was like, oh my God. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it was really funny because clearly it's is a it, big thing. Is this thing. the manga or is this the manga? Show? Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, but so yeah, something big happened. Apparently though, I wouldn't even understand what's big about it if I saw the spoilers because it's like stuff that I haven't even like it's related to stuff I haven't even experienced about, but like I'm not going to take any chances. Well, he didn't even tell me what it was and my response to him was LOL, trust me, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Cool, just so, case." <laughs> so, I was like, I couldn't spoil anything if I yeah, tried. Yeah, so I know something big happened, I just don't know what, but apparently it's put it's making one piece even better. <gasps> it's only going up from here. 
I, I just should, hope that yeah. all the writers for One Piece are just like coked out of their minds and just like the what you mean Oda, the one guy. Oh, there's only one guy. He's the yeah, mangaka, I hope he's coked yeah. out of his mind and just like in his underwear in his apartment, just like scribbling all this shit down, just like it's like I that, gotta keep it going. It's like that one, like from It's Always Sunny with the the the, the pin board with all the oh, yeah. string. Oh yeah, Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. But so yeah, I, slowly but surely, it's because I'm. Uh, Watching other stuff. I am watching an anime about surfing. Noise. It's kind of bad. I'm just kind of watching it to finish it. It's totally There's tubular. lots of CGI and it's kind of bad, but it's Aww. fine. Because it's surfing. You can't like 2D. Like the fact that they yeah, did water 2D. Effects are hard. The fact that they did 2D animation for Yuri on Ice um, with all the ice skating and stuff is actually absolutely batshit crazy. Like it makes sense to just try to do 3D models, especially with this surfing one, because I don't think it was super high budget, because I don't think anyone cares about it. Sorry if you do um but i do i'm gonna have i'm gonna say one recommendation for of all the like plethora of anime that i've watched recently the past couple of months so one of them that i watched that had been on my list for a while is assassination classroom basically this entity this guy um this little dude this little man blew up part of the moon so it's like a permanent crescent now like there's we just are like a going chunk. to steal the moon. Yes. <laughs> so there's just part of the moon is missing now. Um, and is then, this a prequel to Treasure Planet? No. <laughs> no, that's not an actual moon. Those are like buildings. They built a space station to look like a crescent moon. Duh. Know oh, your it's lore. Not actually the moon. Okay. <laughs> know your lore. Uh, I've seen that movie once. <laughs> um, I've seen it once recently. I really and, like this twice when I was a kid. Though. It's, it's great. A good sound. Except for that weird emo band they have do a weird father-son song in the middle of it oh yeah i'm just talking about like the orchestral oh yeah that's amazing but then Um, they have the whole like pokemon the first movie whenever pikachu's punching himself you know and it's like that whole like that is a really emotional the mid-2000s just had like this weird thing of like at the emotional peak they would just play this like all american rejects type song and just ruin it ruin the moment it was just a sign of the times it was it was Um, great then bad now (laughs) funny to look at now um okay so he's blown off part of the moon um after he does that he tells the world I don't know how he. Do- I actually don't actually know how he does this, but like now all of the world governments know that in a in a year's time he's like I'm gonna do the same thing to the Earth, and so people are like, "What, dude? That's super not okay." Don't do that. Um. So he's like, "But I'll give you guys an like a chance to kill me before that happens, so that like it doesn't happen." But my my stipulation is that I want to teach. I want to be a teacher for this one very specific ninth grade class at this one specific school. Okay. So they're like, okay. And so then, and it's in Japan. And then the Japanese government is like, okay, kids, you're going to be learning from this guy, but also you're going to have to try to help us try to kill this guy. So like they give all of these weapons to these kids oh to God. try to kill this teacher. But oh they're like, God. it's like something about like, they know a lot about the composition. Com- they know a lot about the composition of the guy they're trying to kill. So like all of the weapons they have, they're not like real bullets. They're like these special materials that are like super harmful to, they're basically like BBs that are super harmful to the guy, but like are like BBs to people mm-hmm. and like knives that are made out is of he the a same. vampire no <laughs> i'm gonna show you what he looks like but so basically the, the teacher yeah this is like anti-school of rock 
Oh my god. It, <laughs> I mean, okay. So, or maybe it's actually close. <laughs> this is what he looks what? like. <sighs> That's Koro Sensei. Why is he? He an he octopus has man. He's not a guy. What's what are the rules in this universe? Um, they don't explain it to you until like the last half of the second season. So I'm not going to spoil anything to you. Just know that this is what he looks like. I hate him. He's... I wanted him wanted to be killed with fire. Here's what I'm going to say about this show. I made a despicable me joke earlier, yeah. but like he actually looks like a fully grown minion. <laughs> He does. He's he's very yellow. He's I will say yellow. his head changes colors with his emotions, and it's really funny. Um. Okay. Another thing I'm going to say about this show. Still not spoiling anything. That's the premise. These kids are trying to kill their teacher. He's actually a very good teacher. Um. And they're also like they're they're like the outcasts of the school. So like they all did something like to be like to get like punishment. So like they've they've messed up somehow. So they're all like these outcast kids and they like are in a classroom that's like far away from the rest of the school. It's like an elite school, but all of them have done something wrong to end up in this class and like the whole school looks down on him. But like it's a lot of them are actually really meets smart. Breakfast club meets despicable me. <laughs> um the and the final thing that I'll say about this show is that it's the show that has made me cry the hardest in recent. It's very silly. It's a comedy anime. Like, that's what it's billed as. But the one thing that I will say about it is that of all the stuff that I've watched in the last year, Demon Slayer excluded because Demon Slayer is its own thing. Demon Slayer is like your Star Wars, right? Where it's like, I can't even rank Star Wars among, like, my favorite movies or TV shows because, like, it just means something, like, different, you know? Um, Like, that'll just... That's just a different, like, range of emotions. (laughs) But this show made me cry so hard and i was like really mad about it because it's like i said it's billed as like a haha funny silly and like for the first most of the first season it's like super just like oh my god ha, 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 these 15 year olds are trying to kill their teacher um <laughs> and then the end is so not cool and like i had seen stuff on tiktok where people are like okay like it gets sad and i was like yeah sure and then i watched it and i was like oh my god uh, like absolutely not okay i was crying a lot me and aj actually ended up watching it around the same time and i finished it before him and then i was like oh my god dude and then like two weeks later he watched it and he was like oh my god dude <laughs> so i highly recommend it it is like two seasons and both seasons are like 25 episodes so it's like 50 ish yeah. episodes to get through but you get like so sucked in i watched it in like probably a week Oh well. <laughs> what does that say about me? Who cares? Um, but hey man, I watched a whole season of Violet Evergarden in two days. So that's there you go. Thirteen episodes. So that's a lot. Yeah, that's true. And that'd um, be four days. I could watch it in a week. Then it'd be just over a week if I were to like really get into it. Keep you know? that pace. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, so it. Oh my gosh, it is so like it. It really gets to you. But I like cannot recommend it enough. There's like a couple of scenes that are just like, ooh. But that's just. He, like how like there there's like this <laughs> there's like there's this one character nagisa who he like there's this whole thing about like he was designed very particularly don't know why like i mean it has plot reasons later but like he looks like a girl like the first time i saw him i was like that is a girl he's also voiced by a girl but he's a boy but then they make him and he's like insecure about it but then they make him dress up in girls clothing and i'm like don't do that to Nikki. like don't do that to nagi yeah, he doesn't yeah. like that um but it was like clearly like a 
the the creator like designed him that way um and then it's like a whole thing with his mom i'm not gonna get into it (laughs) um but there's also a scene like there's this like they have other people who come in to help to try to kill koro sensei and some of them are like professional assassins and one of them um becomes like their english teacher i guess but she's like she's like a very she's very booby big boobas she's like very attractive and she like uses her sexuality to help her with her assassination like I, I love her she's great um her name is Irina but there's a scene where um like she gets like ugh. it's it sounds I'm just gonna say like this <laughs> this is the only time something like this happens but she like Koro sensei like she's trying to like use her sexuality to like get close to him to kill him um because he's a pervert <laughs> um <laughs> don't let that detract you I from mean, the- look, he- He's a tentacle monster. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah kinda, he has lots of things that are like wrong about him. Saying. He's not entirely um, all there. No. Um, but so she like corners him in this shed, but then he like turns it around on her and like the door closes and we don't see what happens inside there. But we hear her like, <laughs> like we hear scream, or screaming from her or like yelling oh, no. from her. And then afterwards he said he was just giving her a massage, but I'm like, hmm. And it's like it's it's not a great scene. But that's the only thing. And then the the Nagisa stuff is like the only stuff that's like the most problematic. Other than that, I really there's something enjoyed problematic. The show. I feel about almost every anime though. Yeah, and there's always like one aspect like, that it's like most of it's sexualizing children. Yes, but <laughs> yes, of not course. always, not always. Thankfully, these these kids are technically middle school kids because um the way that school works in Japan is that elementary school goes through sixth grade. And then middle school is seven, eight, nine, and then high school is ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. So they're third years in middle school. So I think, I think that helps with the lack <laughs> of sex. Because like when they're in high school, they're all like, "Oh, it's free reign, whatever." But like I think the fact that they're middle schoolers lets them just be middle schoolers. Because I don't remember any of the kids being sexualized in the show. People outside will certainly do what they will with those characters. In the fandom. I mean, that, that's look. We don't have to talk about <laughs> nothing what Rule is safe on the internet, is, but <laughs> um, nothing know. is safe on the internet. But so yeah, all of that's to say is that I just really this show was really it. It shocked me, like it 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 surprised me mm-hmm. um, with how um, how much of an emotional punch it was able to pack, um, and I really enjoyed it. And as much as there are some characters that are like eh, i really enjoyed a lot of the characters yeah. and i think it did a pretty good job like it's like it's it's fa- it faced like a similar problem to like my hero academia which obviously you can't carry care about like every kid in this in the class but like it gave enough of them time in the spotlight where you're like oh that's so and so yeah they're like, this way they're they, they got some good characterization yeah. yeah yeah um like the ones that you should care about you do yeah so yeah, watch it if you have the time or the patience. <laughs> I will say the like the icky stuff happens up like really like in the fourth episode, and then afterward it's like fine, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Folks, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Curtis. No, uh, awesome. Okay, well that's your anime rec for that's the my anime that's- rec. That's what you guys got to watch. That's what you got to experience. Go do it. Uh, I don't have a star. It's hard to recommend a Star Wars thing because it's like they're all the fucking same. <laughs> yeah. It's just one story over and over and you over know, again. Yeah. I will say I did recommend to someone um, 
so my girlfriend my girlfriend's boss is or her ex boss she got like promoted like tangentially but like he's still her senior but he's not her former boss supervisor we'll just say someone that works with my girlfriend um <laughs> it uh like wanted to get into star wars um and was like started like watch like mandalorian season one like that was like his first ex- exposure to star wars mm-hmm. and he was like whoa wait like this is really good and i like this like i want to keep like learning more so he watched like all of clone wars uh he started rebels and he's like loving rebels and like very recently he like he said that he like didn't want to watch bad batch because he was like they were such a small part like of clone wars like i don't know like it just seemed really weird to like watch that so like basically i convinced him to watch bad batch uh and yeah it just like really explores a really cool interesting like pivotal crucial moment in the star wars timeline so i guess you know what if you are holding off on watching bad batch Go watch it because it's honestly really, really, really worth the watch. Hmm. But um, yeah, I hope it's not canceled. Did we talk about that in the last episode? Yeah, we did. I thought it might be canceled. Yeah. Anyway, so go watch it so that it's not canceled. Yay, that's it. Yeah. Show, show <laughs> Disney Plus that people care. That's that's my recommendation because I feel like that's probably the show that people skipped out on the most. Mm-hmm. This is Bad Batch. Um, great. All right. Cool. So we are 37 minutes at least. <laughs> this Ooh, I'm, sure there's, now. I'm sure there's stuff to over cut. 35 minutes. Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably time we get to the main topic of the day, which, which is Violet Evergarden. Yes. Which is not a, a, a thing or a place, which I was assuming it was. Before oh, yeah. I looked no, it's up a anything person. About the show. It's actually the name of a person. I yeah. was like, oh, I wonder what the Violet Evergarden is. When are we going to get there? And then they finally said her name in the show. And I was like, ah, fuck, we're there. <laughs> We've been there. We've been there the whole time. Uh, but no, it was really good. Uh, just like right off the bat, we'll just talk about the premise of this show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of an anthology, sort of, the series. Uh, it's There's like framing. Yeah, like there is a through line. But the, the main story, like you could watch the first two episodes and the last two episodes. And like the and really sixth get, episode, like, yeah. there's like one middle episode where yeah, randomly they like give a bunch of backstory. backstory. But like you even don't even really need that so much. Like you can basically just get through it with like the vague backstory they've given her from the beginning and that we only know for most of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, the, you know, it's real. It's it's very it's very much framed like in every episode that kind of has a nice little start and finish to it, mm-hmm. um, which I appreciate in the show. I really like that. Um, cause I can be like, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch an episode now and get a completely new story, like head empty, you know, I kind of dump what I watched the first time. And then I don't have to like really remember it to understand what's going on in the next one too. There's a little charm to something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, basically the premise of this show is, uh, there is a war going on. Yep. Big old war happening. <laughs> Let's say world war one and a half. Okay. Let's call it that. It's like a very unclear about like when. Yeah, this I mean, like is it's a fictional place. country. Yeah, <laughs> that was all. But in terms of it's technology, it's like a little technology weird. Technology and timeline, like yeah, like what they have available to they them. They have typewriters like, and cars. They have typewriters and cars. So I'm gonna say probably, actually, probably World War Two, right? World War Two. Probably. Era. Yeah, is probably what this is. Um, and uh, there is a child soldier <laughs> named nothing. She's not named anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who basically, like, all we really know about her when we first meet her is that uh, 
she doesn't re- have any emotions, and, but she is a killing machine. She was raised she's real to fast. be a killing machine. She does a really good Naruto run, and she kills people. <laughs> she really can run quickly. on people's heads. So cool! Look at her go. Um, so she yeah. the, okay. This is a the first derailment. The one thing that I didn't realize until I was re- like watching again, like all the war scenes. She's the only one who doesn't get a helmet. Yeah, right. All the soldiers get a helmet, but Violet doesn't. Just shows like how disposable she is. Like what? Or maybe it's like the Captain America thing, you know, where he like doesn't get a parachute when he does his missions. They're like, he's gonna be she fine. She just has. He's gonna be fine. She can dodge the. Yeah, I guess she never. She never gets shot in the head or anything. So I no. guess she's fine. But it's like probably could use some arm padding though. I'm just like, give her a helmet. Everyone else gets one. Why not? <laughs> like what? Um. So basically, anyway. throughout the course of the war, we know that she was close to someone named the Major. Um, and his fate is unknown, question mark, probably known. We'll get into it. Um, but yeah, she was really close to the major. He was kind of her supervisor throughout the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then by the end, it is believed that he is killed in action. Uh, and she loses both of her arms uh, in like during basically the last big battle of the war that ends up, you know, turning the tide for her side and winning it all and restoring peace across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but now the war is over and this child soldier has to basically figure out how to reintegrate into society. And that's basically like where it starts like that. Like, I know that sounds like a lot of a premise, all that, like, and it is, and it is part of the story, but like, it's not what it's about. It's uh, also a lot of that is stuff, what it's about. Like a lot of that is stuff that you get over the course of like, you learn more yeah. about like what led her to where she is over the course of the show. There's a lot of like back and forth with like present day and yeah. flashbacks and stuff so that like, is who violet is and that's who she is when we meet her yeah is she it is, opens up on her in the hospital with no arms well with new arms she got new arms she got yeah, new she, arms she got like the this cool like what is that auto mail is that what that's called uh, that's what well that's what auto i've been mail. calling it in my head because it's the same thing where it's like we are in like technologically we're in like the 30s 40s yeah because like their most advanced form of communication is like the like telephone with the like little receiver that yeah, you can but, pick up but again not everyone and there's has radio because obviously um, they're still sending letters and cars are just now being like um, mass produced stuff like that but they're able to create prosthetics that are like advanced enough where her fingers can move like so well and so intricately like she can use a typewriter it's like a whole i don't know like it's like a whole thing it's like a suspension of disbelief thing it's the same thing with full metal alchemist where you're just like i guess there's just like this one field of medicine where they're just able to create crazy complex like like magic technically well alchemy actually like alchemy is not a part of auto mail like uh, winry doesn't have any alchemy i mean i know but like in this world where the fantastical and like literally things that didn't like just go against it's the laws of physics, it's easier to accept. It's easier to accept that. Whereas, where this is meant to be yeah. like literally a depiction of World War Two and like seeming like it's supposed to be like time period accurate and stuff like that. It is a little bit harder to swallow, a little bit harder of a pill to swallow. But um, but I she's I also still the only person like, that we fine. see with these kinds of prosthetics. Like no one else. I wish there were more. I wish there was like a like guy at least with in Fullmetal no Alchemist we yeah. see other people with auto mail, but she's the only one. Yeah. That gets special arms. But yeah. You got special arms. Special arms. Should give her uh, General Grievous arms. In oh the my sequel. gosh. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, yeah, that's basically what she is when we meet her. And, you know, we, she has to figure out how to integrate back into society, like what her place is and where she belongs. Mm-hmm. Her, the dying wish of the major uh, for her was to live a full life and to, um, 
he kind of also made like a second little minor promise that we learned down the line of like getting her a job at this one specific company that his friend used to work at. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like where it picks up. You know, we see she wakes up in the hospital uh, and this guy who is friends with the major, whose name is Hodgins. Claudia, his name, he's a dude, but his name is Claudia. Mm-hmm. His last name is Hodgins. Mm-hmm. Basically, he was in the army with uh, the major and he made a, he said like, oh, I'm going to open up my own company when this war is over. So he was like, go work with, Violet, you got to go work with this guy when this is all over. If something happens to me, which it does. <laughs> oh, it's <Spadudio. laughs> Um, So yeah, he, so he basically comes in and is the first person that she sees when she wakes up in the hospital and uh, basically she goes to work for him as an auto memory doll. Mm-hmm. So auto memory dolls are people who type letters for people who either can't read or write or have trouble putting their emotions onto paper yes. and like expressing their emotions which is a very specific job title mm-hmm. it's just a fancy way of saying ghostwriter <laughs> it's true yeah yeah uh and i don't know why they're called dolls that's one of my questions we'll get to that down mm-hmm. the line we'll just kind of roll on past why that's the case right now it's a little weird and it makes my skin kind of go ooh, doll yeah gross <laughs> Uh, but you know, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of important characters in this. Um, we'll just kind of quickly go through them. Mm-hmm. So she works at the CH Postal Company, mm-hmm. uh, which stands for Claudia Hodgins. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's his company. It's his company. He, owns he started it. it. He kind of came from a rich family, it seems. So yeah. it probably wasn't that hard for him to start his own company. No. Not a real Kim Kardashian would like him though. But we find out he that he's a good hard. guy though. He is a good guy. He is a good guy. He's not hashtag not all rich people. Okay. <laughs> He's making um, a name for himself. <laughs> I want to see this guy get blue shelled so oh badly. <laughs> That's called the callback. <laughs> you know who I want to see blue shelled? We'll get to it when you mention him. Okay. Um, yeah, so like kind of the head of the dolls at this company. Uh, and also just like in this one city, um, Leiden, Leiden, uh, just they deliver all the mail, basically. They're like yeah. the USPS. Yeah, yeah. But they also have the doll they're service. They're pri- like a pri- yeah, private mail delivery service, and they have the doll service. Mm-hmm. But their primary function, their, like probably their biggest profit maker is the mail, just doing the mail. Yeah. Um, but then this is like an added service that they have too, but mm-hmm. it's a very well-respected service. Yes. Um, and dolls are also like, it's an industry. It's not just at this one company. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Other dolls, like dolls are, yeah, exactly. Um, so the, the like head doll, basically the most senior one, the one that's like the most popular is Kotlea. Catalea. Catalea. Uh, so she is, she's the big boobas character <laughs> in this show. Uh, but, you know, she's also like, she takes charge. She knows people. She's really good at like reading emotions and stuff like that. Yeah, she's like That's the most requested. Thing. She's the most requested. Like she knows what she's doing. She's been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also Benedict Blue, who mm-hmm. is sort of like a male crush so he's not really an anything character. He doesn't do that much. Shut up. I love him so much. I mean, he's great. I love him when he's on screen and I love looking at him. He's just a mail carrier. He just, you know. And he wears heels while he does it. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a good guy. He's, well, just, this, a, he's, he's just a good guy. Yeah. He's just like a comedic relief occasionally. Yeah. Uh, he's a blonde haired, blue eyed, good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there is Erica Brown mm-hmm. and she is uh, basically like the nerdy, shy one of the group. She has her like Velma haircut and Velma glasses. 
She uh, relates to Violet when Violet is like starting out because she also is kind of like more reserved and like yeah, it seems like she's probably had to with her emotions. yeah, she's probably had some similar journeys in learning how to express emotions and stuff like that. Um, and there's Iris. Iris is my favorite of everyone. She's, there. Fun. she's awesome. She's the newest one. Uh, she. She uh she looks like a Pokemon gym trainer is what I she <laughs> does. has in my notes. She looks like a Pokemon gym trainer uh or uh, gym leader. Sorry, not gym mm-hmm. trainer, gym leader. And uh yeah, she like came from a small town and she's just like got a lot of energy. She's real fiery. She's about got it. some she's spunk. Like, I want to just prove myself and show my small stupid town like how this big city girl is going to rule the world one day. And I, I love that. Just like good energy from her. Right. So that's kind of like the main ensemble that is carried through the show. Mm-hmm. None of them really have like any crazy arcs or anything. Um, like I like there's one moment with Iris, like there's a whole episode with her and her family. Um, yeah, she's the one that we get the most in the most, depth yeah. on. And I guess I'll just briefly touch on that. Like basically what I said, she goes home and like they try to like marry her off to somebody and like yeah, the family so- tries to convince her to come back to her small hometown and like stay there. And like while that would be good for her and like she could even marry someone that like she had a crush on for a long time. You know, she's ultimately like, I want to forge my own path, be my own person. And mom and dad, I just want you to respect that. Mm-hmm. So that's Vi- what we get. Violet's there to help her because she, it's like a whole yeah. thing. So, um, yeah. But back to Violet. I want to get back to her and kind of what we start learning about her very early on in the show. Um, so she is, we, she's basically like incapable of expressing emotions and reading other people's emotions. She, at some point in her military training, um, and I'm not going to say military, like when I say military training, I'm not talking like state sanctioned military training. I'm talking like John Wick military training, probably through like torture, abuse, hard life shit. Yeah, you know? basically she was just abandoned. And then like th- that's the one thing that I don't understand about this show. Like someone saw this tiny little adorable blue eyed blonde baby and was like, I'm going to turn that into a child soldier and well, no I mean, longer think of it as a human. Like it was people, probably some... I, people in the military no think of her as an object, as a tool, and like, I'd like... Oh. <laughs> I'll get into some comparisons later as to what I think it is. So basically, but, yeah, she was just like treated yeah. not like a human her entire childhood, so she just does not understand that, yeah, human, like human emotions. A machine. She's yeah. become a killing machine. She she's literally no just like, give me orders, otherwise I have no fucking clue what to do with mm-hmm. my life. So basically... She reveals that the last thing that the major told her was, um, he's like the last words he spoke to her were, I love you. Mm-hmm. And it is now her purpose in life to figure out what that means. I, I actually really like this. At first, I thought that was kind of dumb. I'm like, how do you not know what I love you means? Mm-hmm. But then you learn later, like how much she really has no idea. Yeah, what no one has are. ever loved her before. No one has, and but even that, she's just like, I just also like, what is love? Yeah. Like, not like what? It, not what did he mean to me? But also like, what does that word mean in the largest sense of, like, uh, uh, for everyone, for for anyone and everyone? And this is just exploring all the different kinds of love that are that's out there. It's exploring romantic love. It's exploring familial love, friendship, camaraderie, brotherhood, brothers in arms. Like it's really, it hits everything, and mm-hmm. it's really cool. And she has to, and she experiences all that firsthand. And basically, I mean, spoiler alert, she basically (laughs) learns that that it's everything like Mm -hmm. that love that he told her is just it's everything that she experiences through all of it. You know, Um, like he's he's her older sibling. He's her dad. He's her like brother in arms. Like they fought together in the war. 
he's her best friend. It's it was a lot. I don't think it's romantic, though. I I was hoping it wouldn't get there and it didn't. It didn't go there explicitly. Shut up. Molly's smirking. (laughs) Dude, I don't like it either. I don't like it. I don't want it to be romantic. (laughs) I'm just going to pretend that it's not. Let's pretend it's not. Because there's, yeah. there's the thing, there's the thing that comes in with every anime. Something's problematic in yep. every single one. Yeah. And this, I, I, I'm just pretending that that's not. And I will, and I will one. say, if you view these 13 episodes as like self-contained and don't care about anything that comes after it, you can think of it however you want. Well, I first when he said it, when he first said "I love you," I thought, oh, they're like he, he's probably like a romantic interest for her, and she probably had feelings for him. But it wasn't that. It, like she didn't have romantic love feelings for him you know she, yeah and she's it like i don't like know she what was like waiting to hear that for so long or something yeah it's uh he, i really saw saw that i love you as something more and i think labeling it as romantic would like take away any impact that it would have no it really and, that's ex- that and that's exactly it and that's, that's why i'm like literally all these journeys she went on that all these different kinds of love like it's it's just all of that roped into one so it's re- yeah it's really like you can interpret however you want but like the important thing is is that like he's the first person of many to give love to violet and that like starts her on her like i don't know what that means and i like want to figure it out and like her journey to figuring out like how to start feeling like a human and not view herself as a tool anymore because so yeah. many people for so long had just not viewed her as a human um that even while gilbert was that's the major's name, Major Gilbert, was, um, like, trying to. Um, she just didn't get it. But then, like, the, like, I love you was the, like, click where she was like, okay, what does that mean? I got to figure this out. And that, like, started her on her journey of self-discovery. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, to try and figure out what that I love you means, she takes up a position as an auto-memory doll at uh, Claudio Hodgins Postal Company. Mm-hmm. So, like, we kind of briefly touched on it. What the memory doll does is, you know, they are ghostwriters. They write letters for people who can't read or can't really express their emotions properly uh, to write, like, the best letter they possibly could. Mm-hmm. So the auto-memory doll helps fill in the gaps. Maybe they embellish a little bit, but also still try and capture the, uh, the, the voice and the essence and, like, really try and put down what the real feelings are behind um, someone's message. Yeah. So, um yeah, so like in to order to do that, you have to be a pretty empathetic person mm-hmm. and like, you know, know what emotions are and probably be able to experience them yourself. <laughs> and we see right away, Violet's real bad at that. Like pretty terrible. She's just basically writing military reports. Yeah, for she's letters. just like, I am good. I am well. I am alive. I am not sick. You should be happy for me. Bye. There's nothing to report. Nothing to report. Um so, you know, it's now she has to learn how to do that. And her friends kind of help her along the way. Um, but, yeah, every episode she basically is helping another person write a letter. Uh, and she's seeing their the world through their eyes and starts to learn, like, what empathy is, what emotions are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the first, like, big commission that she gets is, uh, or it's not really a commission, but it's someone that she just meets through her doll training yeah, she goes Lucullia. to a class. Yeah, she goes to a class to kind of learn how to master her skills. Um, but she meets Luculia, who is, like I said, another auto-memory doll. Uh, she, her and Violet become friends. And basically, Violet learns that uh, she has a brother who was a soldier in the war. 
And one day when Laculia and her brother's parents were like kind of near the front where her brother was, I didn't say they were like going to visit him. No, I think I think what happened is that they were like they were living near where he was stationed. Yeah. Um, and they he was like on like the western front or whatever, and then like like enemy insurgents like broke through the their barrier. Yeah. And, and their parents were killed. And because of like whatever attack that happened once they got over the border, whatever happened there caused their parents get killed and her brother to get injured. Yeah. So her brother, like now her and her brother, they seems like they live together. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it they seems share like they live together, which is why you're writing a letter to your brother if you guys live together. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Some things are hard to say out loud. Whatever. Sometimes you just have to write them down. That's what, what the whole show is about, Harrison. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so uh yeah so she wants you know he is basically down on his luck doesn't have a job he's a drunk he blames himself for the death of his parents mm-hmm. that's basically what happens and Lucullia, she she's just broken every day seeing this it breaks her heart to see this and she's like i know he's sad about her parents and like and i'm sad too but i just want him to know that i'm happy he's still here and that i'm i'm fortunate to have him and that you know, that's enough for me. And she hasn't really been able to express that to him. She just fears that, like, she'll push him away, that she'll make him mad. Um, and, yeah, Violet basically helps her write a letter to convey those feelings. And it makes him really sad. And he starts to relate to her again. And they and kind of come out of the shell. So right away, we just see, like, that was the first time it finally clicked for her. It finally clicked for Violet, like, you know, having the military connection, having the auto-memory doll connection, like, Kind of low-hanging fruit, you know, mm-hmm. for her to be able to, like, have easy points of reference to get in there for. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, like, episode three? Episode two? Episode two, I think. Yes. Something like that. Something like that, yet. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, like, the third episode. Yeah, it's one of them. Um, my favorite thing... <laughs> I just read one of my notes. My favorite thing about this whole show is that so many people are so thankful to Violet that they give her hugs. Yeah, they're like Violet, and then they like throw themselves at her and like hug her, and Violet just stands there, just being like, "I don't know what this is, uh, man. Uh, like, <laughs> what's happening? What do I do with my feet? Yeah, what do I do? My arms are here. They're not. I'm not moving them. <laughs> she, she's just so awkward. Um. Also, the way that I like to describe the show is: Do you know there's that one portion of book three of Avatar: The Last Airbender where everyone is going on like mere meaningful find themselves journeys with Zuko? <laughs> Like, oh yes, yes, Katara yes, yes, goes yes, yes. about like her mom, and then there's the whole boiling rock, rock stuff with Sokka, and the firebending stuff with Aang. That's basically just Violet Evergarden. Violet is Zuko, and she's helping people find themselves it's while true, also yeah, yeah. finding herself along while the way. Herself. Um, it's true. Um, so now, uh, after that, like the next person she talks to is uh, Princess Charlotte, who is mm-hmm. royalty. She is. And she's about to be married off to some guy. I don't know. This was kind of the most inconsequential episode to me. I was just, well, I was just kind of yeah. Like, it's basically it's Ugh. like an it's like an arranged marriage where they're writing public love letters to each other as like yeah. a sign of peace for like the post war times or whatever. But she like actually likes the guy, and she's like, I just want like these letters don't. I sound was so like confused because at first I was like, when when Violet meets Charlotte, like she's a mess, she's distraught, and she's like. I have to be married and and like, oh, I'm being married off to this man. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be like, another, like this whole sad thing. And I'm not mad that it's not the trope because she was like, 
you know, the trope is that like, oh, I don't want to be in an arranged marriage. I want to find love. Right? right. Like that's like what the trope is. But in this show, it was no, I do want to be in the arranged marriage. I actually arranged this marriage myself. Or like I was like he was one of the suitors and I was hoping they would pick him because he's the only one who but I talked to. But then she also but like she went with. to her parents and like pitched oh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like she researched like how he would be the most optimal candidate for for and, what they're trying yeah, to accomplish. Yeah, but also like she liked him and stuff. Yeah. And it was just like I think what I don't know. It I think was what just it's really supposed like, to be she's upset about is that she's like it's like the public spectacle of writing the love letters or whatever and then the fact that like the letters she's received from him like she's like i've talked to him before and this doesn't sound anything like the yeah. way that he speaks and so like it doesn't feel fake do i know if he actually wants to be marrying me or not like did i strong arm him into this and he actually doesn't care about me at all um and so that jump starts violet pulling some strings because catalea ends up being like being the one who's writing the letters for yeah, the prince yeah. so they're able to start the actually, other like, big boobas uh <laughs> yeah auto doll from the same so company. they end up being able to write letters back and forth to each other in their own voices yeah and people it's actually really cute like the, all the little scenes with all the like palace guards and like commoners like reacting to the public they're like oh my god like i can't believe she said that, like that he scene. better respond respectfully and I i'm like, like that's that right they go back and forth having like this very like candid conversation yeah. just like in the mail they're like hey like you told me this thing and, I, and it was just and that was really neat i like all that. the like all the like common people are just like commenting on it and they're like supportive of it i thought it yeah was yeah really cute that was good it's like reality um, tv yeah so basically like, kind of the lesson that she learns in this one is sort of to just like find your voice have your own voice mm-hmm. and you know be your own person that type of thing um yeah the next person she meets and she doesn't really write a letter for him but it's someone that they just kind of discover themselves together a bit mm-hmm. uh is leon who is uh just kind of a nice he's boy. He's a grumpy. He's a grumpy little boy. He's a grumpy little boy, but he just likes uh, looking at stars, and he helps Violet like see this cool comet that comes mm-hmm. by. Like their universe is equivalent of Haley's comet. Yeah, and um, like the reason that Violet's there is because there's this one observatory, and they got their hands on a bunch of texts, but they're all falling apart. So they just need a lot of like a lot of dolls. They get like eighty dolls to come and help. Yeah. With their workers there to like transcribe things to keep them. Yeah. He preserved. Uh, yeah. He's not really like a fan of her at first, though. Not a fan of dolls in general. Um, but they like knock out three days of work in like one day together. Uh, they've he's just all, been, like, really he's like such a little shit. He's like, I'm a fast reader. So like if you can't keep up, um, yeah. I don't know what to say. And I'm like, dude, you could read slower. Like, why do you have to be such a jerk <laughs> about it? But the funny thing is, is he's like trying to trip Violet up. But like every single time he stops talking, she stops typing, meaning she's like keeping perfect pace. Yep. And he's just like really pissed off about it. Yep. And I think it's hilarious. She's got robot hands. She's yeah. good at it. This is her one purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, afterwards, they kind of start to break down some barriers, though. He invites her to view Allie's comet, not Haley's comet, mm-hmm. um, which they say appears only once every two hundred years. Holy smokes, that's a long time. Um, basically, both of his parents. He like unveils to her that both of his parents disappeared while going on expeditions. Uh, well, his and, dad disappeared on an expedition, and then and his, his mom, mom went and like, like looked for him. Bye, son. I'm gonna look. I'm just gonna leave. Look for your dad. Dude. I got. To go. go. <laughs> I don't understand that logic though. I'd be like, there's there's like a small chance that your husband's still alive, but there's a hundred percent chance that your son is still alive. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's kind of dumb. Um Yeah, basically Leon just says, I'm in love with you, Violet. I love you. <laughs> and like she's riding away in a gondola and he's like, I'm going to explore the world and I love you. 
And so oh, he doesn't just say, goes it's in. clear that he thinks she's pretty. Um, but she, it's really funny because I think like with he, like he made a big deal about asking her to watch the comment because yeah. it's supposed to be like a romantic thing or whatever. And the entire time at the comment, she's talking about the major, and he's like, "Oh, she likes someone else." <laughs> so he like never no, actually tells dead. her he's dead though. It's fine. Well, she doesn't know that yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> oops, oopsie. Oh yeah, that's another thing to mention for for a period of time. Violet just doesn't know what happened to the major. Yeah, no well, one will tell her. <laughs> everyone's just like. Ugh. She's like, uh, like every, every time she's like, well, what happened to the major? And they always do the anime like gasp. Like no, the, Hodgins is such the, a bad actor. Uh, every single time it happened, uh, I'm like, bitch, be a better uh, actor. Because like every single time she'd bring up the major, he'd like make a face. And I'm like, Con- control yourself, dude. If you're trying to keep this from her, like just be a little more subtle. I mean, I understand that you could like, she could like, she would, she like sees as much emotion as a brick wall, but I'm just like, if it was anyone else, they'd know that something was up. There's something that I quote like all the time. It's from American Dad. <laughs> and it's like one of the characters in American Dad, uh, his dad dies. And so, and like he comes ho- home one day from school and he's like, Mom, why is like Uncle Tom here? And he's like, and like Uncle Tom walks up and grabs him by the shoulders and he goes, Oh, how do I put this delicately? He's dead. Oh Your my dad God. is dead. <laughs> just like screams in his face. Oh my God. <laughs> like, it's a comedy, so it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, that just needs to happen here to violate. I mean, yeah. He's dead. The major's dead. Well, I mean, it kind of does. She's like, oh, now he can rest in peace. And she's like, rest in what? Rest in what now? So yeah, uh, that's kind of what happens with Leon. And that she kind of learns just sort of like the meaning of romantic love a little bit kind of what that entails and like through his parents and her mother being like i love my husband so much i must go look for him Mm -hmm. and also like leon's feelings for her a little bit maybe she didn't pick up on it super well but like it's there it's a part of her journey exists part of her formation of her uh worldview and and everything Mm -hmm. um so yeah this next one this is the one that got me closest to crying i will say this is when she meets oscar webster Mm -hmm. So Oscar Webster is a famous playwright in this world. Uh, and he is, he had just like released a new play and he's working on a new one. It's about, it's basically just like. It's like a children's play. It's a children's play, kind of like a fairy tale type thing. And it's his mm-hmm. first time like writing for children, children. content. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he is older now and he is extremely alcoholic. And he's a mess. He is not doing great. To say the least, Mm-mm. not doing well at all. Not really. Uh, so when Violet shows up, he basically wants her, like he needs her to, instead of writing a letter, needs her to write his play for him. Yeah, and, she's like, just like a transcription service, yeah. essentially. But she's like, you can't do it while you're, while you're drunk. We can't have alcohol involved in this. Uh, she's very much a, a mom good... in this episode. She's well, like, yeah, I've cleaned, like... I've cleaned for you. I've attempted to cook for you. Yeah. Also, please don't drink. It's bad for you. It's true. But also, like you never go to like a, a client or a boss's house. And like, you know, and and have them drink alcohol. I yeah, mean, they yeah. might do that, but like, you know, it's not an ideal situation. Like, it's definitely an HR red flag, you know. <laughs> and Violet's very by the book. She's like, hey, if that's in my HR manual, like, we better not be doing that yeah. here. So no drinking. Um, She's a stickler for sure. Yeah. So it's he is just not doing well, and he's just really having writer's block right now. He can't really figure out how to make this character, whose name is Olive. Mm-hmm. Important to know that the character in the play's name is Olive. Mm-hmm. How to get her home to her dad. 
so that they can be together forever. <laughs> you see where we're going with this? Uh, basically, unrelated. We find out. We find out that he has a daughter that's dead. <laughs> her name is Olivia, very similar to Olive. Um, and yeah, basically, she died a couple years ago from. I'm guessing cancer. Illness. Like, but yeah, yeah she had, it was like, very, she had the, the, she had the, she had the, I'm cancer. they always give them the same hat with the one flower on the side. That's the cancer hat. Like, it's the cancer no hat. No doubt. It's absolutely the cancer oh hat. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so she died a couple of years ago from cancer and he has, I'm, I'm guessing cancer, yeah. some illness. Yeah. And he has not been doing well Mm-mm. since then. Um, also because he lost his wife to illness like yeah before his daughter was like the only thing basically if uh what was the cooking anime you made me watch sweetness and lighting basically if the daughter in sweetness and lightning died this would be that guy yeah (laughs) this would be the dad in that the mom's dead now the daughter's dead he's just not having a good time no (laughs) um so yeah he is uh having writer's block trying to figure out how do i get my character from this spirit realm back home to her daughter or back home to her father mm-hmm. and she rides the wind spirit using a parasol and flies back to her dad and skips along a lake to do so which we mm-hmm. find out is something that olivia wanted to do in real life was to skip across the lake with a parasol um, and basically uh, Violet helps him visualize that by like acting it out herself. Also, also Violet kind of looks like yeah, the she daughter. has like the same hair color. Yeah, so very emotional. Breaks this guy down. Mm-hmm. He starts crying. It's real sad. There's this amazing shot of Violet like jumping into the lake, holding a parasol, and like that was probably the best shot in the whole show. Um, oh yeah, that's another thing to say about the show. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah, we haven't even touched on the visuals at it's all. So pretty. there's a lot to say about this show. This was done by Kyoto Animation. Um, which is the same one that did Free, actually. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. You can tell because the characters kind of look similar. Yeah. They draw their characters pretty similarly across um, properties. But it is very pretty. It's a very good shot. For a second, I'm like, dude, is she going to actually run across the water? Are you I was Jesus? like, how good is she, though? Yeah. She makes it like halfway, though. And I'm like, that's honestly she better than big, I thought good, anyone really good would jump. go. Yeah. Great long jump She's distance. fast. Um. So yeah, and then yeah. the play releases and it's a big hit, big success, because um, he finally finishes it and he makes it emotional and it has a happy mm-hmm. ending for the audience and for himself. And he gives Olivia's old parasol to Violet, who yeah. uses it for the rest of the show. She does, and it's fucking awesome. Then yeah. she just becomes like a cool Mary Poppins, yeah. but She's also like Mary Poppins were like umbrella. a metal armed assassin. Yeah, <laughs> It's like Mary Poppins meets Bucky. <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> Sebastian Stan, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, okay, so we're kind of running a little bit long, and I have a lot I still want to talk about. So yes. I'm going to go through these next two, like quote unquote, clients pretty quickly. Um, or next three, I guess, because one is two people. So Anne and Clara are a mother and daughter duo. Anne is uh, a little girl who wants to spend more time with her mom, Clara. And Clara has hired Violet to come to her house for a couple days and start writing letters for her. Multiple letters at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one also almost got me to this cry. This is the one that got me crying This is most. This actually might be the best, the best one it's, in the whole show. It's like, the, it's the, I like literally, because I had like, this also, this ties into like the framing device of the last movie. Oh, really? 
it's like it's like the framing device of the last movie is we'll, and we'll, we'll get in we'll get into that in anyway, a second. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I gotta say like, what happens first. So because I've seen it twice, I like saw the opening because I didn't know like which episode it was, but I saw the opening and I saw the table and I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm finished. <laughs> I'm going to be crying within the next thirty minutes. <laughs> um so this is uh yeah, so so Clara hires Violet to come to the house and start writing some letters for her. They have a lot of letters that they're getting through. And mm-hmm. like it's clear like she's commissioned for seven days. It's going to take a long time to write all of these. Mm-hmm. Um so Anne is, you know, kind of peering out through the window, seeing what they're doing, like kind of spying on them while they're doing their writing, and she's like, What I wonder what they're talking about, I wonder what they're writing about out there. Um, it's also important to note that she's like a seven-year-old girl. Yeah, she's a little little girl. Like I probably even younger than that. She's probably like uh, she, no, she's probably. I think she's. I don't know. Maybe she's six. Yeah, I think she's old. like. I think she's, she's like, like six, six or seven. Or seven yeah. yeah. Um, like old enough to have a voice and have opinions on things, but also too young to like get what's really going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Clara even is. Even though we do find out later that she does kind of know. What's she going does kind of know what's going, but she doesn't know what's ha- like. She can't infer what's happening right. basically. Clara is, uh, once, as soon as I say this, the audience will know. Yeah. Uh, but Clara is sick and dying. Yeah. Her mom she has is like sick a heart and dying. Problem or she's something. not doing, she's also not doing well. Yeah, no. Um, and it's clear she doesn't have a lot of time left. And basically the big battle that's happening in this is like the battle between like Violet, her mom, and, or Violet, Anne's mom, and Anne, is that Anne's mom isn't spending enough time with her. And she's spending all this time right now with Violet, writing these letters, and Anne kind of knows that Clara doesn't have a lot of time left. She's like, I want to spend as much time as possible with you. Like, don't you care about me? Don't you love me? Don't you want, like, to spend your moments on this earth with me? Like, they're fleeting. We need to, mm-hmm. we need to be together. And she's like, who are you writing? Who's so important like, who's that so important? Who's gets more these important letters? Than me? Like, why are they so important? And the answer to that question is no one. No one's more important because the letters are to Anne. And it is revealed that, like, the reason it took so long is that Clara wrote 50 letters, one for every year, to Anne to be delivered to her on her birthday and say, you're this many years old now. Like, you're probably experiencing this in your life. Like, how are you? I love you. I miss you. And, like, and I'm with you always. And I'm so proud of you and the girl you've become. And it's so sad. And there's this little montage of her just growing up and getting these letters delivered to her every day. And it's so sad. And, and so then she amazing. has a baby of her own and they do like she she kisses her baby's forehead and then it like flashes back to like Anne's mom kissing her forehead and it's like, oh my God. <laughs> There's also this whole scene where once um after Violet has gotten back to CH Postal Company, she like breaks down because she was like, I had to keep a straight face the entire time, but I like had to stop myself from crying so many times in front of Anne. Like yeah. that was such a sad situation to be in. <laughs> there is one line she's like, she's going to be in that mansion all alone by herself and the only other character i know where like people like were like he's all alone in that mansion is batman yep it's <laughs> <laughs> like what if and just became batman mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway oh I don't... but yeah anyway so like the framing device of the last movie is Anne's granddaughter yeah Anne's granddaughter is like it's like this weird thing where she like she finds out about the letters that Anne's mom wrote to her and then she finds out about Violet through that and then so she like goes through this whole like history research to figure out like what the deal with Violet is and that's like the framing device for the story I didn't like it a whole much a whole lot because I'm like wait that means that Violet's dead in the framing yeah. device like I don't like that what the heck yeah um it's like how when you hear Ahsoka's voice at the end of episode nine whenever Ray is like doing her thing against Palpatine and they were like you're like shit, shit that means 
Ahsoka doesn't live beyond episode nine. Yeah. Fuck! Because <laughs> everyone else in there that you hear their voice, they're all dead. Yeah. Not great. Oh, no. I don't like what it implies. So, I yeah. I was like, like wait, why is that? That means everyone's dead. And then, like, the postal company is like a museum that she goes to. It's a whole thing. Anyway, un- uh, irrelevant. But it this is the episode that always gets me the most. Yeah. Uh, and then there was another episode where basically um, she is she goes travels to like an active war front we learned that there are some people who don't want the war to end the anti-peace faction the anti-peace faction very vague (laughs) have some morals you know stand for something not just anti-peace yeah stand for something you know well there's there's, we find out later that there's this one guy who's just really butthurt about the fact that he lost that one battle yeah that um that violet lost her arms yeah but anyway they're like there, there's still like a skirmish going on between like this insurrection group and like the new government that is sort of like taken over mm-hmm. uh and it's just you know some not, yeah so someone requests a doll and then hodgins is like we can't send a doll to an active war zone but then violet overhears it and she goes anyway she's like i like war she's like i can handle it i, I like war i'm trained uh and yeah she's really fucking great she and she oh this is where the captain america thing comes in she jumps out of the plane and like doesn't even use her parachute she does use a parachute only for a second though yeah (laughs) uh and yeah basically like she sees some soldiers getting shot down by some snipers uh there's like one soldier of this platoon left that are being killed by this terrorist group um and she goes in and basically helps the guy a little bit but he gets shot well, he was shot earlier. He gets shot in that, and then after that, he, yeah. she gets there. So she's, like, just too late to, like, save him from dying. <laughs> she saves him from dying right there. Immediately, But yeah. then he dies later. Um, spoilers. And basically, mm-hmm. um, she takes him to a cabin and tries to kind of nurse him back to health, but unable to do so. So she takes down his letters to his parents and to his fiance. His girlfriend. Like, girlfriend, fiance. He, he said that they, yeah. like, can... They, like, confess their feelings for each other, but then he had to go off to war, so they never actually, like... Never, like, were able to... Were together. ...complete their relationship. Yeah. yeah. Um, they didn't even kiss. Didn't kiss. But, um, so she basically takes down his feelings and his emotions for them and hand-delivers them uh, herself. And, like, not the most consequential episode, honestly. That one also um, made me cry. Did it? It's also because the guy's name is Aiden, and that's my brother's name. I, oh, that'll probably do it. <laughs> But I, I fucking love that scene of her coming down and just like they start shooting at it's her and fun. she's like running past the bullet. Oh, it's so good. And she's like, she's like, and you can tell that like, I mean, they're really heavy handed with the metaphor where, where they're like, like she has new like literally like there's this whole metaphor about like, oh, can you really bring happiness and letters with those arms that have killed people? And it's like, no, literally they're different arms. They're new arms. These she arms have arms. not killed and they cannot kill. She keeps like choosing not to kill people. Yeah um but it's a whole she'll thing. give him a concussion no problem yeah, she, she's batman <laughs> i mean it's honestly like you just because they're metal you don't you can just hit like at a normal like a normal force and that'll just do the job because it's metal it's not like your fleshy hand i'm gonna keep the metaphor with captain america going it's like whenever okay. at the end of civil war when he like breaks everyone out of the raft prison you know mm-hmm. and you see like all the unconscious guards like in like along the way <laughs> You can like see dents in their head. Oh my god! With With the shield, shield. it's just like bonk, (laughs) just concussion. How does vibranium taste, buddy? (laughs) It's like I'm not killing, not killing. No, but you're gonna cripple them with medical debt, brain damage. (laughs) Also, they might die sooner than they would have otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The new Batman movie is kind of good, though. 
Uh, I haven't out. seen it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Yeah, I like Robert Pattinson, so he's good. If you like Robert Pattinson, you'll 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 get what you like out of it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but basically, like, what this episode really sets up the most is that like there is unrest and people aren't happy with how the war turned out and mm-hmm. like this newfound time of peace that they have. Um, so the CH Postal Service gets a new uh, commission to help write a treaty mm-hmm. like that'll f- officially end the war at this like yeah. peace big peace party that they're having in the capital or whatever so they got to take a train there are some insurgents on the train and the guy that w- was the leader of the bad guys at the battle that violet got her arm blow arms blown off at was like i'm mad about that battle and i'm gonna come here and i'm gonna make sure this war never ends and i'm gonna we we're not gonna be walked on because like reasons because reasons i don't like peace <laughs> like that's really it yeah like, basically. He's just, fuck you his, his well that's the, was like i like war like i can understand his motivations a little bit but the fact that he has so many people behind him i'm like what is like joe over in the corner like why do you care so <laughs> he's much like, yeah <laughs> i don't know he's my superior officer i guess i don't have a choice but you still joined him. You signed up. What do it's you stand so for? Silly. Don't stand against peace. Stand for something else, it's you so dingus. Silly. And then all of that, be, like, and then it's like there was no reason for like the Aiden character and then all the other guys to have died because they were killed by the same group of people that's under this petty bitch. Yeah, exactly. It's really dumb. They're just they killing didn't need people to die. and causing mayhem for killing. They're just terrorists. That's yeah, what they are. basically. Um, so they hijack this train that's going to the peace summit. And uh, basically what happens is they want to blow up the whole train with bombs. Yeah, they put bombs on a bridge. Put bombs on a bridge. And uh, after a quick little battle, quick little shootout, um, Violet and uh, Benedict, of all people, actually mm-hmm. get rid of the two bombs that were planted. But in the process... Violet loses her arms she again. Breaks her arms. She breaks her arms trying to uh, get the bomb free yeah, from to, the like, bridge. Yank it off. And, but she does. She's successful. The bomb gets away, and Violet is safe. Mm-hmm. She almost falls because yeah. she can't hold and on guy, to anything. And the main but leader just fucking kills himself by jumping off the train. Yeah, he's trigger like, warning suicide. But <laughs> after you say trigger it, trigger warning suicide. Um, guy. He yeah no he like stupid, he doesn't even stick around bitch. to see if the bombs work. He probably was like, oh, these bombs are foolproof. I'm gonna get what I wanted. But he like, <laughs> he's just it's it's just so pathetic. Such it's a like, pathetic okay, buddy, bad guy. That's so stupid and silly. Yeah, so You're dumb, silly butt. But yeah, but basically, uh, the war is officially ended with mm-hmm. this like treaty being drafted and these talks happening. And uh, yeah, we're in a newfound era of peace. And yeah. Violet gets her arms back again. Yeah, and. Continues working as an auto memory doll. Yeah. Oh, another thing to note about this episode is that like the leader of the peace treaty like thing is Major Major Gilbert's older brother, Dietfried. Oh yeah, I didn't really touch on him a little bit. Oh, I'll circle guy. back to him real quick. I hate that guy. I'll circle back to him when we talk about um, him. I'll tell you, I hate that guy. <laughs> he sucks. Literally every time he showed up on screen, I just wrote down "fuck you, Dietfried," and that's it. I just moved on. <laughs> so peace is now like across the whole land. Uh, the war is over. She's resuming her duties as an auto memory doll, and she gets one more task. She gets one more commission out in the countryside, and she takes it and she journeys and she says her normal thing. She the uh, the client opens the door and she bows and she says, "I am Violet Evergarden. I am an auto memory doll. I will travel wherever you need me to go to complete our whatever our service." 
and she looks up and she kind of stump like stutters a little bit and then she smiles at the camera and it cuts to black and you don't know who it was she saw what it is there's some theories out there about who it was she might have seen mm-hmm. and there are some that are great there are some that are like very expected and predictable mm-hmm. but did you actually look up theories or i did just look thinking? up some theories because oh. i was i was mad <laughs> i was like you were like why would you not tell us fucking tell me who it is that did you get spoiled for the movie then well, I know. So yeah, I did. I did get spoiled for the oh, movie. Okay. Then I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're from the TV show perspective. We're not supposed to know who it was. Mm-hmm. There are some people that think like it's supposed to be us. This is my favorite thing. Like my favorite theory is that it's supposed to be the viewer, Aww. someone that has, like knows uh, who it was and like kind of knows her journey a little bit, and that we we're supposed to be like kind of getting her story vicariously, and then like she finally comes face to face with us, kind of a fourth wall break. A little bit mm-hmm. um so i kind of like that idea that's cute yeah that's yeah fun. i just think it's fun and i like that you know thought that it's just someone that you know it's not anyone yeah yeah like, it's it just not, not anyone it doesn't have it's to not be anyone. like people just get hung up on the fact that like she's like doing her spiel and then she looks up and when she sees who it is she like pauses so we're like oh it's supposed to be meaningful but like that doesn't have to mean anything it doesn't mean anything um but uh the in it seems the manga and also the movie oh it was a light novel series actually a light okay um it is definitely 100 percent. actually is the major still alive right oh well yeah no it, no so okay so spoilers okay well spoilers never mind maybe, uh, spoilers, maybe spoilers for the movie the major is alive yeah um but that's not how she reunites with him oh then who was it in the movie that she well no she she reunites with him in the movie but she like the person in the like the person in the house that she goes to that's not him because and who is that he's somewhere else then who is it? I don't know. <laughs> this is context for why it's not the major. Okay. So in the la- there are two movies. In the last movie that came out last year, it's entirely like about Violet and the major. So uh, we find out that the major's alive, which wow. I like had but forgotten. So kind of, they kind of imply that he is in the show a little bit. Like, I know. I remember. I, know. I remember. I thought I had remembered watching the show that it was a little more explicit that it's like really unclear whether he's dead or not. But I think I was just like, I wanted him to be alive. So I'm like, there's, there's no body. He's not dead. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going off of those rules. Yeah. I'm like, if there's no body, I got to see a body. Yeah, because there wasn't a body in the rubble either. Like, he's alive. Um, so in the movie, the way that it happens is that, like, from that room that we see in one of the episodes where it's like, oh, no, you don't see that room. Because that was in the special. Never mind. So, there's, oh, the special episode that yeah, I yeah that I see. watched that you yeah, didn't yeah. watch. Um, there's a there's a room at the post office where they put all the letters that like could, like could not like their the the sending address wasn't like they couldn't find it and there was no return address so it's just where letters that couldn't have been delivered go to die basically. Um, Every letter deserves to be delivered. Bullshit! <laughs> You're just putting all these letters in a box. Well, sometimes box. they just can't be. Benedict can only do so much. <laughs> He's wearing heels after all. Anyway. Um, it's really hard to run. Yeah. Anyway. Um, like by complete chance. Like if this hadn't happened, the movie just wouldn't have happened. But like someone comes across a letter that shows that the major is still alive and that he is living on this random island some somewhere like off the coast of somewhere. Um, so Violet finds out about this and she's just like, holy fucking shit. And then Hodgins is like, okay, like we we can go look, but like I don't want you to like get your hopes too. Like we don't know if he's still there. Like we don't know how old this letter is or whatever. So Hodgins and Violet go there, 
Um, I'm going to ignore the subplot of the movie because it's not relevant. There's like a whole thing with like a kid who's dying and he like doesn't want his friend to see him sick. It's really sad. It made me cry, but it's not relevant to the conversation. Um, um, <laughs> it sounds like it might be important. That's well, there's fine. this whole thing that like while they're on the island, like he is like actively dying. <laughs> And he, like, wants to get, like, relay a message to her. So they have to, like, go to this, like, special, like, lighthouse communication tower place so that they can, like, send telegrams to each other so that, like, Violet knows what's happening. It's a whole thing while they're on this island. But so anyway, the Major is alive. He, like, slinked off to this island to kind of, like, make a new name for himself. Uh, He lost one of his arms and his eye. Um, Yo, does he have a metal eye? No, he just has an eye Oh, no. All right. Yeah. Um, but he's a teacher at a school on the island. Um, and he kind of just like helps out with the community and like really does he like he's like really just trying to like give back to the community. Like he's really like, you know, like what happened to Violet is my fault and um, Oh, so he left Violet. Like I because, did horrible things in yeah. the war and like I don't want to taint her life anymore. So I'm kind of like a trying to protect her and sort try of to do as much good as I can and I'm not gonna bother Violet with my existence. Um so Hodgins and Violet go, they get to the school, and then Hodgins is like, hey, like, wait here, I have a feeling this might go badly if you just, like, showed up. <laughs> so he goes <laughs> to talk to the major, uh, I guess he's just Gilbert now, because the war is over, um, and Hodgins is like, hey, so, like, Violet's here, and Gilbert's like, no, go home, I don't want to, like, it's my fault that she, even though he's the only person who treated her like a fucking human being, whatever. Um, he's like, I don't, like, I don't want to, like, ruin her life anymore, mm-hmm. like, I already did enough damage, like, I can't. Like, it's all my fault. Like, I want her to live free of me, basically. Um, and he's like, he just turns her away. He's like, I won't even see her. Um, and Gilbert, uh, and then Hodgins is like, oh, so, like, Violet, I got some bad news. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, they, like, end up, like, they end up at his house, but, like, his door is closed, and it's, like, raining, and she's, like, yelling to try to get him to come out, and he, like, refuses or whatever. But then she writes him a letter. It's a whole thing. Obviously, she writes him a letter. Um, and he gets the letter and then they're on the boat leaving and that's when he decides it's time. Like, okay, maybe I'll go talk to her. <laughs> Jesus, dude. And Everyone in this whole show thing just has like, like emotional yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah. Just any problem. Like, I mean, obviously they all have emotional problems. But I mean, yeah. like being able to communicate and feel emotions. Like everyone is like illiterate when it comes to emotions. Basically. And also like illiterate when it comes to reading because they have to hire people to do yeah. that for them. Honestly though, every single time Violet is like, I don't understand this emotion that I'm feeling. I'm like mood. I don't know many of the emotions that I feel. Sometimes I'm just like, eh. You know? <laughs> um, but also it's like, you see a puppy, you feel happy. I mean, yes, <laughs> I know most emotions. There are some more complex ones though where I'm just like, why? Yeah. Um, but so he's like running along the coast and she's like on the boat and then she sees him somehow in the distance. Like they're very far away. And I'm like, you have great eyesight, girl. Anyway, she Dude, jumps she's off the a boat. trained, like, I mean, yeah, super soldier, basically. Yeah. Of course, she's like, she's got to be able to spot snipers, you yeah. know? Anyway, she's great, she, great vision. She jumps off the boat and like swims to him. And then they're in like ankle deep water on the beach. And then they like walk. <laughs> It's like really they silly. They walk into the ocean. No, no, no. they're and like they become other people. Um, no, they like walk up to each other and they're just like facing each other, and she literally can't do anything besides like continue to like she's just crying nonstop, like she can't stop crying, and the only thing she can say she just keeps saying like major, like that's it. Which is what she says anyway. Whenever they're together, honestly, like, like, she's like what else would you expect? Major, yeah. major. She like doesn't major. Know how to talk to him. Um, and he's like, oh, I get, like I read your letter um like i'm sorry like i didn't like i didn't want to make you like upset blah 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 blah. and then he's like i love you again um 
and they just is it a romantic there. thing? I, it's I can mean, you, can you tell from that one? You can't super tell, but they also like she's an adult now, so like <laughs> it's like it's really. I mean, but that's it's not, not I what think, their relationship was. I think it's, you can it's interpret it's groomy. I, it, it really is. I think you can interpret however you want, but there are some people who, kind of, who like want to be romantic and like the most, but they don't like kiss or anything. Like he hugs yeah. her, and again. She's just like standing there with her limp arms, like crying, just because she can't do anything else but cry. And that's where their story ends, basically. Yeah. You don't hear anything else about like what they do after that. She stays on the island, but that's it. Yeah. Well, so, okay. Going back to that and like her just like kind of crying with the major and like yeah. just saying the same. So I want to talk about like why I really didn't cry that much throughout this. And you said okay. last episode, you're like, if you don't cry by the end of this, like yeah. you're a heartless person. And I was thinking that the whole time. Oh, no. I was sorry. like, oh man, I know I, I should be too crying. much pressure. But. I think that it was just like so emotional the whole time mm. that like my nerve endings just sort of like like just there was just a baseline shut off. And there yeah, was no I was just cues. like at this point, like it's just like diminishing returns on <laughs> being sad the the whole time and having these sad stories and having all these people crying and. I was like, so oh, man, dead because just, it's a war. Yeah, I'm like, I just know kind of every episode, like, it's just gonna be sad at the end. And it's when the sadness is like unexpected, right? Like, especially in, you know, like those little moments that just kind of surprise you, like in Sweetness and Lightning. Mm-hmm. Like that was like that show made me cry yeah. so much because I was just caught off like, guard really a sweet lot. Emotional yeah. Moments, yeah, it's really sweet emotional moments. And this one, I was like expecting it like this is going to be like fucking depressing. And which is not it's not I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's why I didn't like cry, because like it's like watching, I don't know, like saving private ryan or something you know like that's a really sad movie like most of the characters die but like mm-hmm. honestly like if you were to cry at the character deaths you wouldn't stop crying the whole movie you know yeah or like i don't know what's a better example of something like that um what's a sad movie hit me with a sad movie Molly. the fall our stars no <laughs> i would laugh through that movie probably um oh like my sister's keeper or something like that. sure yeah like if you're just going to be crying at every sad part, like you're not going to stop crying the whole movie. And I think that's just like, you know, mm. I'm not saying that that's wrong or like, that's not their way to tell a story. Cause like, it absolutely is a viable way to tell a story. But I just think that for me personally, getting a reaction like that comes when I least expect it. Right. So that's when it's effective for me is kind of when I'm getting hit mm-hmm. from all sides and I get all this different kind of context and emotions. And then when it's like a big variety, a big, you know, big pot of gumbo of all the emotions. <laughs> then that's when I start boiling over and crying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the funny thing though is that I've seen this and I still cried. Um, and I cried at the things that I remembered. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. It is. Pr- it's pretty like just sad all the time because it's like a wartime show and also just like everything that like <laughs> like the entire like most of the time that Gilbert is on screen, he's just like having a facial reaction to something that's like so wildly upsetting that Violet has said. Yeah, she's just like, I don't understand what that is because I've never experienced it. And he's like, God, your life is so sad. It's <laughs> like shows on his face. He's like, Jesus Christ, why? Um, and that's like basically the whole show where Violet's like, wow, I've never had a friend before. And you're like, fuck, dude, like, stop. I just keep for- but that's what I'm saying, though. Is you're yeah, like, no, oh, yeah, that's right. Everything like, is horrible for it's you. It's like when, because you did have like moments where you got like a little choked up and like when it like yeah, rests. Yeah. So like when the playwright like sees his daughter in Violet running across the water or like when Anne finds out about the letters that her mom has been writing her or like when um 
Oh, the one that fucked me up about the soldier that was dying when he was like, whenever a character is like, I don't want to die, I'm like, fuck, I'm crying. But then he was also like, can you just hold my hand? And that was really like, that made me yeah. cry a bit because I was like, oh, like he's, he just wants some comfort in his final moments and I'm crying. Um, And it's like stuff like that where it's like impactful lines that just make it like, you're like, everything is sad, but this is like, makes it extra sad. Yeah. And that's just it for me when it crests. Oh, I do want to go back to and speaking of like her not having, you know, a lot of experience and stuff. We were kind of talking earlier about her being like a child soldier. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, okay that it's like vague and doesn't really get into a lot of it. Um, Yeah, it only really touches like a very teeny tiny bit amount of what what happens before she met Gilbert. Yeah. She reminds me of like the Spartans from Halo. um, Mm, Oh, yeah. Which apparently the Halo TV series garbage real bad from what i've heard uh and i called it it's just so funny that this show has been in development for like literally like 13 15 years or something it's something insane like ever since halo 3 came out like they've been like saying we're gonna make a halo series and now it's finally here finally and it's terrible (laughs) well it's just so bad Um, you win some and you lose some yeah but anyway but she reminds me of like a spartan where it's like you know there are kids that are kidnapped at a very young age um, they are not treated like humans. They are mm-hmm. treated like objects, like soldiers, and they are just bred for one purpose, and that is killing. And like, yes, they are enhanced physically. The Spartans are, but like, they don't really like. She's, oh, you know, she wasn't enhanced in that way. She wasn't like given steroids or something. Yeah. She's just like a really badass kid. Um, she was just trained yeah. so much that it became second nature, and it's just like all she knows. So yeah. she does it super well. So she's well. just like it's kind of like the Spartans are treated like tools, or treated like weapons, or not really seen as like you are sergeant so-and-so and you have a you know family you've risen up the ranks it's like spartans are like no you're spartans and like that's it you know you do our suicide missions for us basically the things that no one else can do yeah and that's kind of how i view her is like well not that's not how i view her but that's, that's how, how she that's how viewed. i understand her to be viewed by everyone else yeah yeah um where they're like you are like our you're our secret weapon you're even though everyone knows about yeah. her, because whenever they see her, they're like, oh, you're the like. <laughs> so, OK, so let's get into her brother or, or not her brother, um, the major's brother. a little yeah. bit. So he's a character and he's actually the one that introduces Violet to the major. Yeah. He gives he gives the major Violet as a gift. Yes. Basically in a little box. Yes. And when he opens the box, they like lock eyes. So I'm like, oh, Violet just like impresses. Imprinted. Like, imprinted. That's it. Imprinted on him. Yeah. Um. He's probably like the first kind face that she's ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the brother's a real jerk and he treats her like a weapon. Fuck and he, that guy. Yeah, he treats her like a like an object. It's like, oh, yeah, she's just our tool. She's our secret weapon. Like, use her exactly. wisely in battle. And when as soon as she's like not useful to you, just leave her on the battlefield. And like, yeah, it's real creepy, real bad. He sucks. I don't really think he like had a hand in her training. I'm sure I know. Yeah, so he, he touches on it a little were, bit. And again, going back to the Spartans and like kind of how I'm rationalizing all this in my head and explaining mm-hmm. it, my own head canon is she was probably trained by like some kind of private company and then sold to the mil- to the military. Okay, kind of how the Spartans were trained and like bred by like Oni. I'm probably butchering this, but they were like created by a private company called Oni and then sold to the UNSC, basically. Like, so the government was like, "Oh, we're not creating child soldiers. You know, we're not doing this. We're not making them." But like. Other people are. If we if they're here, we might them. as well use them. Yeah. <laughs> so that's well, so, kind of what I'm seeing. So what happens with Violet is that um, she was trained elsewhere, and they don't really say where. But um, uh, 
so like she was like she was like abandoned somewhere on this island and like like Dietfried, the major's brother, like and his like company of men like happened upon her. Um and then they tried to molest her. I don't think Deep like his, his men tried to and then she retaliated and killed them and then like good for her. Killed all of them besides Dietfried and he was all like, "Yo, she's powerful." Hey, yo. <laughs> so she like I guess somehow just like she spared him. <laughs> and he he like brought her to give to Gilbert. And then we know the rest. But yeah, so like she was trained elsewhere to be like the way that she is, like yeah. with her skills and similar strength. to Spartans, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't know where, where she was trained or how or by whom. Yeah. Uh s- something else about this show that I really like is it's very quiet. Mm-hmm. It's a very quiet show. All of the um sound design is very intentional and like you know, it's it's like the Foley like has a purpose. Every little sound that you hear is like I like love it when you can hear like her arm moving noises. That just makes the loud moments when they happen like so much more visceral. Like mm-hmm. when we get the flashbacks to the war and it's just like we go from this like really quiet like life that she lives in now and we actually see like what her world used to be like, like slitting men's throats and like jumping off of dudes' heads and stabbing them with bayonets and shit. It's crazy. Um so yeah, it's just like the whole thing is like just a it's a, it's a, a master class in like tone and like using just literally like sound waves to tell a story. You know, it's really cool. I I really like that was not um an easy thing to accomplish, you know? Like the yeah. delicate little moving hands like every time she'd move her hands just a little bit of like yeah. It's crazy. And the typewriter noises. Yeah. So, it's like ASMR. I also like I just I love so many things about this series. Like the sound design, the music is so great. Like, I, it, it feels I literally so wrote much... down. It feels like the music from like a Tim Burton movie. Or something. Yeah, it feels, it like, feels like so Danny much Elfman. more high quality than your. Because like I'm imagining, uh, like like old Tim Burton, not like <laughs> not no, like new good. Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah. Like Danny, Elfman, Danny Elfman, Danny Elfman at his Elfman, finest. Yeah. Um, but uh, like no shade to Fullmetal Alchemist because obviously it's a good show elsewhere, but it has like five instrumental tracks and each of them are like 20 seconds long and so if there's like a tense scene that goes on for longer than that you just hear the music loop over and over and over again. that's annoying and it's like the same handful of songs it's just really funny when i notice it because like otherwise i'm just paying attention to the show and i don't really pay attention to the music but like if i hear it i'm like oh there's the loop um but with this i was like there were like so many different new songs in like every episode and i like they're all so good and i also just like i want to live in i want to live in Leiden. like it's such a fun looking city like and i love the like the like uh the design of all the locations and everything because it looks like such like a fun little peaceful i mean obviously they're at war but in the peaceful parts of the country (laughs) it looks so like idyllic and like fun like i want to live there yeah (laughs) i i i yeah the the whole tone in the world that they build is so cool and like and oddly comforting Mm -hmm. yeah you know like i I don't know why everything just feels very peaceful yeah um, which is I'm like, again, I just want to be a letter. I just want to be a doll. Yeah. I would love to have that be my job letters. and just like whatever. Yeah. And get to travel to do it. Dang. All right. So I have like two questions for you, one okay. of which you've already kind of answered. Um, but the first one is why the term dolls? Why 
is that the go-to? It's so weird and yeah. creepy, and I don't really like it, and it feels like weirdly sexual. And is it maybe that's a cultural thing that like I just don't quite get? Like, are, do you know if they're like a real thing? Like, is this based on like a real profession at all, or is this like I don't know? I just wonder if you like know the origins of that term. I don't think I don't think it has like any meaning. Uh, like from from what I know, it doesn't really have any origin. I think one of the main purposes of calling it dolls is because everyone thinks that Violet looks like a doll, and it's like a play on that. But no, um, but they're called dolls. Like it's not just Violet. That's no, I know. I I just think like this. The creator chose it for that reason. Oh, maybe. And there's also the fact that it's like a, because it's from like a World War II era, they're like, they're like parallel to like secretaries in our real world where it's like a female dominated profession where it's just, and they also talk about this a little bit um, in the show where it's like, oh yeah, it's just something you do until you get married and you can quit and stop having to work um, for some girls. And it's kind of like a similar, like a profession yeah. like some that they can do back in the, day. In the yeah. meantime. Yeah. Um, so dolls is just because it's like a gendered profession, because like women understand emotions <laughs> better. What are you blah, saying blah, blah, about blah. going out on a date with me, doll? Yeah, <laughs> something like so, that. Yeah, something like that. So I don't, uh, I don't think it like has any specific meaning. I can understand that it's kind of like you know, it, it, it like it's interesting because they're supposed to be like super, super like, like empathetic and like understand emotions super well. But if you think about a doll, you're like that's just like a blank canvas. Yeah. So it kind of feels like like the opposite of what they actually do but i think it really is just like it's a gendered profession and also like it's funny to like have a little back and forth between ann and violet where ann is like you're a doll and she's like yeah that's I, my job when i was watching that episode i was like is this why they named them dolls yeah is this why the whole show was created to just get this for this bit one goof that goes on it's for- such a it's so funny though because if it was any other doll they'd be like oh no like i'm like a I'm a person. My, my my job is called, but like because Violet is like, no, yeah, I'm a doll. Like she just it completely goes over her head that it's supposed to be like a funny Nothing little gag. Over my head, my reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. <laughs> um, but yeah, all that's to say is I don't, to the best of my knowledge, think that there's like any specific reason why they were called dolls specifically. Yeah. And my other question. Like, and we kind of talked about this, and I think the answer is like just because that's the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but there doesn't, I was like, there doesn't really seem to be a reason for this war other than people want war. So, what's the reason? Just uh, a pride thing, I guess. I, I mean, I think in, in the over the course of this show, we see like a lot of flags for like different kingdoms. Like, I don't like it, they might, it might be like a bunch of different like areas within the same country like it's not yeah super clear um i think it might just be like a pro it might just be a product of like the the development of civilization like defining borders and defining governments and stuff like that where like when it's not like a fully formed country or like continent yet wars happen because certain people want to be in power that might Mm. just be it otherwise it's just where have i heard this before (laughs) Hmm. <laughs> um, that's what that's my understanding because like uh, in one of the in one of the movies they like talk about like you know like technological advancement and stuff so it's like you know like things are changing and i think that's like a part of it yeah like war yeah war it's just like defining territories is kind of like what i always thought of the war reason being <laughs> war was it good for nothing absolutely nothing um all right. Well, that's kind of my 
I'm, I want to get my last like two cents out here about this show. It's really good. Basically, what it boils down to is you're just watching a bunch of anime characters going through therapy. That's yeah. really what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you would like to kind of get that like little emotional release, but still, you know, experience something emotional, but not have it like ruin your day. You know, like yeah. it's not just sad for being sad. Every single story that's introduced here has some kind of ending to it and some kind of silver lining. And I really admire. Yeah, that. there's like always catharsis. Yeah, like with this yeah. with the soldier that died on like needlessly or whatever, like. Violet delivers the letters and his parents and his girlfriend are really sad but the way that it ends is they say thank you for bringing our son back to us like we have closure yeah like they they like make we did clear, we're not like, wondering we what happened we are like we're lucky enough okay. to be able to have yeah. words from his final moments like no like very few people get yeah that kind of stuff from their like soldiers that they've lost yeah that was and that's arguably like the saddest story of them yeah. all. I, I mean, it didn't have the biggest impact for me, but also my brother's not named Aiden and I don't have a brother. Um, <laughs> I, don't, no, I think the mom is the mom one is the worst. The mom one was rough. When she, when like she first said thank you, that was pretty rough. But yeah, but like that's basically, yeah. it's people going through therapy. That's what this is. Yeah, and, and, it, and there's like, it, it's like, it's self-contained. Yeah, like yeah. you said, it doesn't ruin your day and it's like cathartic in the way that it always ends. Like it's, yeah. And also like you get to, imprint a lot of like what you think on to the story as well mm-hmm. and i really yeah. like that like, you can relate in different ways to people yeah so really great amazing we i hardly even got to talk about the animation style but it's kind of hard to talk about the animation style in a audio just medium. look up pictures just know it's of good it. look just up know pictures it's really and see good. that it's awesome yeah um like probably one of the more beautiful ones uh your name was still like top i think that's still like my favorite well that's because it's like a movie that they just dumped a shit ton of money into it's true this Um, i would like this i will say like um yeah i don't know they like put a lot of money into because it feels like a it like feels like a different caliber from other like standard like one season well it's netflix so i mean probably but yeah like kyoto animation really like went off they did um so yeah, really great. I, I highly recommend this one. So thank you for making me watch it. You're very welcome. Um, okay, and we're approaching the end of our time, but I do have a little game I would like to play with you to, to send us off. So you're going to play six rounds of this. Okay. I have two names. Mm-hmm. One of them is a real Star Wars character. Oh, no. And one of them... Is something that I just Google from a Star Wars name generator. Oh my god! <laughs> and you have to figure out which one's a real character and which mm-hmm. one's fake. Now I don't have like an elaborate backstory that I made up for any single one of them. So you're gonna have to go purely on just like does it name sound real or real okay. or fake? Okay. Because mm-hmm. there are some stupid ass names out there in Star Wars. I mean, what was Sal- Salacious Crumb? I know that that's <laughs> stupid. So oh, he's not on here. So we're no, good. I know. <laughs> Um, okay, so we have six rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first r- we're kind of going to get a little bit harder, I think, as they go. Okay. Right. So, mm-hmm. first one. The first option is Dash Rendar, and the second is Hugo Tillies. Dash Rendar sounds more real. Hmm. How so? I don't know. I feel like when I hear Hugo, it just doesn't feel Star Wars-y. And we got Luke. I know. <laughs> I just, Hugo, what was it? Hugo Tillies. That's just, I just hear like Achilles and I'm like, that's Greek. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds not. So I'm going to go with the Dash Rendar. Dash Rendar? Yeah. That is correct. Dash Yay! Rendar is correct. 
Dash Rendar was a human male smuggler and freelancer, born into a wealthy Corellian family during the final years of the Galactic Republic. He chose to pursue a career as an officer in the Imperial Navy rather than joining the family shipping business. Mm. Uh, and yeah, he's kind of he's the protagonist of uh, like some old games. He's not a canon character anymore, which does kind of suck. A lot mm-hmm. of people like just project a lot of stuff onto him because uh, he's like a playable character in some games. But he's really cool. Uh, interesting character. Hmm. Next. Okay. Round two. Okay. We have Jolo Dara and Kyle Katarn. Hmm. I feel like you're throwing... Jolo Dara and Kyle Katarn. Katarn or Katarn? Katarn. Okay. I'm going to go with... Mm, I'm going to go with Kyle Katarn because I feel you think like... think that's the real one? Yes, because we love an alliteration. You are correct. Oh, snap! <laughs> Kyle Katarn is another character like that. He comes from the Expanded Universe, too. He was actually... What's fun about him is he was a character from, I think, Dark Forces, and he... Uh, like he was one of it's one of those games where like they don't like have sprites necessarily they actually just have like real people like acting out the stuff oh there's like a really kind of cool yeah yeah, you know what i mean like Mm. you know those arcade shooters basically it was kind (laughs) of like that but like it was like a home console game and you like played as him oh my gosh like all the cutscenes were just like a real person acting out stuff that's so like sounds dumb now but the time was like really cool because like that was the best way to get like good animation you know just Just have have someone fucking do it um so yeah all right, Way round, go, Kyle. <laughs> round three. Getting a little bit harder as they go. Okay. We have Jado Pragir and Bel Zedifar. Mm. Jado Pragir and Bel Zedifar. I'm going to go with Bel Zedifar as the real one. All right. All right, all right. Okay. You are correct. Oh, my God. Three for three. Oh, I'm my God. I'm so good at this. He actually uh, is a character I have recently discovered. He's from the High Republic series. So oh, nice. He actually nice. existed like two, three hundred years before like Phantom Menace. He was mm-hmm. just a young Jedi Padawan. Uh, and he like has a little pet uh, dog that's like a fire dog that can like Ooh. breathe fire. It's really fucking cool. And that's her name is fun. Ember. Yeah. Aww. He's sick. Um, really cool character. He's He's probably like the top three characters in high republic i don't know i was really interested i, I really liked it whenever his chapters came up in the books mm. he's, pro- he's probably the best one um all right moving on to round four okay. we have pana Schiff and tar vizsla pana Schiff, tar vizsla i feel like i've heard tar wait tar vizsla tar vizsla i feel like i've heard that before Okay. So that's the real one? You're going to go with Tar Vizsla? Yes. Now you have met Pre Vizsla. Uh, I don't know. In the Clone Wars. Oh, so I'm wrong? No, you're correct. Okay. I was trying to throw you off. Oh, okay. I was actually trying to throw you off with that because Tar Vizsla is, uh, he's the guy who for- formed the Darksaber. He created uh, the Darksaber. He was the Jedi Mandalorian crossover guy. Okay. Um, the Pre Vizsla is in... Clone Wars, kind of, he was in some arcs that I made you watch uh, in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a descendant, obviously, of Tar Vizsla. Okay. I was hoping that you would remember pre Vizsla and then be like, oh, but maybe he's trying to throw me off with the Tar. Oh. And it's a different first name. So My maybe memory it's wrong. isn't that good. <laughs> I just, I was like, the, the, the way the, the syllables played off of each other sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is a good one. All right. Round five. Okay. 
We have Sai Snootles. Oh my gosh. And Kuna Duna. Oh my god, I want both of them to be real. <laughs> Sai Snootles or Kuna Duna. Kuna Duna just sounds like something you'd say in a Star Wars language, not necessarily a name. What was the first one again? Sai Snootles. No, I'm going to go with the second one. Is real. Kuna Duna? Kuna Duna. You are incorrect. Oh, dang. <laughs> Sai Snootles wanted... is the real one. I wanted Kuna Duna. She is the singer in Jabba's Palace. Oh. <laughs> in that scene in episode six. She's like coming up into the camera. <laughs> yeah. And yes, she does have an episode dedicated to herself in Clone Wars. Absolutely oh. she does. She oh. gets an origin story too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she deserves one. All right, here we go. Round six. Last round. We have Tycho Aledes mm-hmm. and Jaro Tapal. Tycho Aledes. Tycho Aledes or Jaro Tapal. I'm going to go with Jaro Tapal. That's the real one? Yes. You are correct. Oh, my God. Jaro Tapal. Five for six. Good wow, job. look at me. Jaro Tapal is Cal Kestis's master in oh, Jedi okay. Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Um. He basically, like, he's the one who has, he's a double-bladed blue lightsaber. Mm-hmm. He's Cal Kestis's original master, but then obviously, spoiler alert, he dies in Order 66 oh, defending no. Cal. His clones turn on him and they murk him. So, yeah. That's mighty But he's really cool. And he keeps kind of coming back to Cal as visions throughout his journey. Oh, of course. I don't want to spoil it because, you know what, I want to make you play Fallen Order maybe at some point for the podcast. Get, get you into it a little bit. Um, yeah, those are all I got. Five for six. Good score. That's pretty good. What could I say? I'm built different. <laughs> I'm, I'm built different. I'm built different. I'm, I'm so good at randomly guessing if Star Wars names are real or not. Like, I'm not going to Just lie. kidding. I gave it some thought, okay? You gave it some thought. You gave it some thought. You really you were able to uh, point out the And then the only cadences. time I went wrong is just because I really wanted Kuna Duna to exist. <laughs> Kuna Duna. It just sounds like Cara Dune. It kind of does. Yeah. I did think that, but I was just like, Kuna Duna. Kuna Duna. <laughs> Sounds funny. Size snoodles. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, guys, hopefully you get uh, all you listening at home were able to score just as well, if not better than Molly. Mm. And if you didn't, you are not a real Yeah, I dare you fan. beat me. I dare you. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks, folks. This has been our episode breaking down uh, uh, Violet, Violet Evergarden. Evergarden. For- almost forgot the name of the show for a second, <laughs> but nailed it by the end. Right. We we ended up so in the right next place. episode, Molly. I know we did Clone Wars Essentials, but we'll come back to the Clone Wars. Okay, the next episode we're doing Solo, a Star Wars story. Ooh! So I want you to watch Solo. I can watch Solo. Pick out some fun things you might see throughout it, and we'll have a fun conversation about that. I mean, we can have a fun little conversation about how the first time I saw it in like theaters, I was like, Darth Maul, <laughs> what are you doing here? Who did that? Who's You're that? Dead. <laughs> Uh, anyway <laughs> <laughs> fun. all right all right well thanks for listening guys yeah uh, thanks everyone make sure to watch solo for next week's episode yes and we will see you in the future until next time anime, anime the, the force, force be, be with, with you. you use the force luke use the anime powers given to you <laughs> by your father okay bye <laughs>